Okay, we have been discussing the Seder of the way that the Torah was transmitted from generation to generation, um, specifically the Torah Shabal Peh, <coughs> the oral tradition, which comes all the way from Meshur Rabbeinu, and it's not going to be written in safer form until Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. Right? And we discussed that the Rambam writes that there's 40 steps of that transmission. And the Rambam enumerates the 40 people who were um, in charge of the, of the Messairah, of the passing on the Torah from generation to generation. And we've, we've been working through that list. I think we're holding by number 35. But basically that list spans different types of generation, different types of eras. You have the Tkuf of the Nevi'im, um, the Zikainim, and then you have the Anshe Knesset Sagdola, the men of the Great Assembly, and that's headed by Ezra. And then you have the early Tanoim. You have like uh, Hillel and Shammai, who lived before the destruction of the Second Beis Hamikdash. And we already we passed through that, and we came to post the destruction of the Second Beis Hamikdash. And at that time, after the destruction of the Second Beis Hamikdash, is where you have most of the most famous sages of the Mishnah. No, known as the Tanoim, like Rabbi Akiva and so on. So we've been, in the last class, we've discussed... It's after the destruction? After the destruction of the second Beis HaMikdash. So they're still killing Jews afterwards? Is that why? Yes, I'm... yes, the Roman, the, uh, Roman rule, Hadrian rule. So after the destruction of the second Beis HaMikdash, and again, we've been talking about the yeshivas and who was the heads of the yeshivas and who are the famous Tanoim of that time. And those are the ones that are primarily discussed throughout Mishnah. And specifically in Pirkei Oves, there's really a very thorough discussion of the leaders of the Tanoim of those times. And that's why, um, that's why we have a Pirkei Oves over here. Um, so we have, and just to, just to review a little bit, and I'll carry on from where we're at, um, who is the Nasi? After the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed, who's the first Nasi of the, of the official Baal HaMesera? Is Rabban Gamliel of Yavna. Um, we, just, we went through the whole story, Rabbi Gamaliel of Yavna, he was initially, he was in hiding because his father was killed by the Romans. His father was Shimon, was the Nasi, was killed. Rabbi Gamaliel was in hiding. Uh, and therefore, it was Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakkai who was the de facto leader. But after a while, Rabbi Gamaliel comes back to Yavna and he heads the yeshiva in Yavna, which is the first yeshiva after the destruction of the Besamikdash. Um, Rabbi Gamaliel's son is going to be his... Um, his successor, and then his grandson after him. So that's as far as the father and son, and the, the Nassim, the ones who are in charge. But while you have the Nasi, you also have the great Talmud Chachamim of the time, the teachers of Torah of the time. So Rabbi Nolil is the Nasi of the yeshiva. But then you have Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, who's the greatest teacher of Torah of his time. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai passes away, and as the Mishnah discussed, and again, these are things that we've discussed in the past, the Mishnah talks about the five great disciples of Rabbi Yechon and um, And of the five, the two that are most famous as far as the continuation is Rabbi Eliezer, or known as Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkinus, and Rabbi Yehoshua. So really, after Rabbi Yechon and passes away, it's Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua who are the teachers they're the teachers. And many times in the Gemara we'll find these three traveling together. Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Yoshua. They would travel to Rome to avert um, different decrees for the Jewish people. So they were all around the same, the same time? All four of them? Well, now three. We have Rabbi Gamliel, 
Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua. Those are his students, right? Yeah, that was Rabbi Yochanan and Ben Zakkai's students. Right. Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yochanan and Ben students, and now Rabbi Yochanan and Ben has passed on. So now Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua are the leaders in the yeshiva, and Rabbi Gamliel is the nasi. Okay? The next step after that, who is the most famous student of Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yehoshua, is Rabbi Akiva. The great Rabbi Akiva, who becomes teacher of Klal Yisrael, 24,000 Talmidim, the whole story of Lagba Omer. Um, so Rabbi Akiva is the disciple of Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Hoshua. Right? I'm doing this quickly because, again, this is really review. Who's Rabbi Akiva's most famous disciples? So we discussed Rabbi Meir, otherwise known, sometimes known as Rabbi Meir Balhanes. Oh, wow. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, author of the Zayhar. One of the greatest Tanoim. So they are disciples of Rabbi Akiva. And the next generation after Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Shimon, <coughs> you have the most famous of all, Rabbi Yudah Hanasi, or Rabbeinu HaKadosh. And he's the one who's going to write the Mishnah. He's going to put together Mishnah. He's the first work of the oral tradition. Um, and that is, again, Rabbi Yudah Hanasi, who is also... His, his name is Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, or Rabbeinu Hakadosh, or just plain Rebbe. Just plain Rebbe is Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. When they say Rabbi on there, that that is Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. Yes, that's in the Mishnah. It is. Oh, okay. He's the one who put together the book of Mishnah. He is the compiler and editor of Mishnayos. So this is just. So this is really that. All of this is the. I would say the one hundred years post. The Churban Beis Hamikdash. So we started out with Rabbi Yochanan and Ben Zakkai. We moved on with Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yoshua. We moved on to Rabbi Akiva, and then and then Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. These are the Torah teachers in that great time, in that very formative time for Torah Shabbal Peh, just before it's going to be written down by Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. Now. Okay, so these are names that we've discussed in the past. Today I wanted to look, um, in a shorter time today, but I wanted to look at some of the other great Rabbonim of that time who are also quite famous and mentioned in Pirkei Oves. And I want to talk about a couple of them. First of all, let's look at Perak Gimel, Mishnah Yud Zayin. I think we all have the same page number sitter. So that will be page 220. Perak Gimel, Perak Shlishi, Mishnah Yud Zayin. Do you have it? Yes. Do you have the sitter with line Rabbi numbers? Elazar, yes, okay. yes, on line number 12. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah Omer. Who is Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah and where does he fit into this picture? He became the head of the Sanhedrin. Excellent. And he was young, so he grew the Excellent. Oh, so, the one excellent. So most people, out. exactly right, most people will, rec- will yeah. recognize Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah quickly from the Haggadah of Pesach. Right, famously, we said at the beginning of the Seder, people still aren't that tired yet. Yeah, it's still it's closer to the beginning of Magid. <laughs> and Rabbi Elazar ben Azar Yomer, Hare ben Shivim Shana, I am like 70 years old, Velozachisi, etc., etc. Who is Rabbi Elazar ben Azar Where does he fit into the picture? So, here is one of the interesting stories of the Gemara. Um, just one of, the, one of the interesting stories. And that is that in that time period, when Rabban Gamliel is the Nasi, and Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua are teachers, are great teachers, there was an altercation 
that kept on coming up between Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yehoshua. It's very interesting. We have it's it in an altercation, uh, um, an argument, okay, basically. And you have a few times in the Gemara where Rabbi Yehoshua felt a certain halacha in a certain way. Rabbi Yehoshua was one of the great tzaddikim. But Rabbi Gamliel very strongly disagreed with him. And Rabbi Gamliel was the Nasi. So he was in charge. And he very forcefully um, totally made Rabbi Yehoshua uh, disregard his own opinion and accept the halacha as stated by Rabbi Gamliel. In other words, Rabbi Gamliel was upholding the honor of the house of the Nasi. He wanted to have that there should be clarity of halacha. And he was the one who was in position of leadership. And it happened a number of times about different halachas. The Rabbi Yeshua felt one way. And Rabbi Gamliel says that's wrong. And he made Rabbi Yeshua publicly accept the opinion that Rabbi Gamliel dictated. This happened once. It happened a second time. It happened a third time. And it seems that the yeshiva, the Rabbanim, felt that Rabbi Gamliel was time after time sliding the covet of Rabbi Yoshua to, de- to the degree that they did something that I don't know of another such example in the Talmud. They deposed Rabbi Gamliel from being Nasa. They said, well, uh, you got uh, to gotta resign. He got impeached. Who did they put instead? Oh. One second. So here we have the situation. This Rabbi Gamliel is the accepted Nasi. He was, his father was the Nasi. His Eidah was the Nasi. His great-grandfather was Hillel Hazakin. But the Chachamim felt that he was going over the line. He was too unaccepting of the opinion of other great people, too imposing with his own opinion, and they decided that they have to depose Rabbi Gamliel. So the question is, okay, you depose him, who are you going to put in this place? And the Gemara goes through a different list, a whole list. Who are they going to find? Who's, who should take his place? Should it be Rabbi Yehoshua? So they says, but Rabbi Yehoshua, then they're going to say it's just because he was slighted, so he's getting it back. They couldn't. So he said, who? Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah. And that's Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah. They come to Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah and they say, we want you to become the new Nasi. And here's the irony of the story. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah was 18 years old. Nasi of, of of the Sanhedrin, of the yeshiva, the, the leader of Kali Yisrael of the time. No, 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 no. We're talking, this is totally, Anjana is hundreds of years earlier. But the Nasi of the yeshiva in Yavna, Yavna, which is the primary yeshiva of the Jewish people, it's the seat of the leadership of the Jewish people, and they approach him, and he's much younger than all of these Rabbanim. And that's where we have that story that you referenced, that, you know, the, 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 all, the kids learn the cheder by the Haggadah, that Rabbi Elazar Nazari says, I'm so young. And as the Gemara says, he says, you know what, I'll go home and ask my wife. If he's she's, married already. He's married. And he says, I'll ask my wife and see if I, if, I am, uh, if I can accept this. And his wife says, no. She says, you're, you're a child. And she says, you don't even have a beard. So and why did they want him? He was so brilliant? So because good. he was such a great person, such a great tzaddik and so brilliant. And, and the next morning he woke up with a beard. With a beard and not just a beard. White, he looked white, like he, a white, white beard. He looked like he's 70 years old. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then he realized Minashamayim that he's supposed to be the Nasi. So Rabbi and the Gemara tells us he was a very great person. He was a big tzaddik. He was also tenth generation Yichus of Ezra. You'll recall Ezra from our early, earlier Shiurim. Ezra was the head of the Anshik Nasis Agdola. Um, and Rabbi Allah ben Azariah is a tenth generation descendant of Ezra, who was a Sofer, who was a Kohen. Um, and he is appointed the leader of Klal Yisrael at the time. 
Um, and interesting, as soon as he becomes leader, he institutes some new things. In fact, the, the Gemara says that the day he became the Rosh Yeshiva, the head of the Yeshiva in Yavna, the Yeshiva exponentially increased in number. And why is that? Because Rabbi Gamliel had a policy, he only let in students who were very high caliber students. Oh, yeah. Rabbi Gamliel said, the wording of the Gemara is, he only let in someone who was toho kebaro, that he was, his inside and his outside were equal, they're very high caliber, very high caliber students. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah felt, let everyone come in a little time. Well, you know? it wasn't a neighborhood school. Yeah, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah said, it's gotta be. so the Gemara says that the day Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah became the Rosh Yeshiva, Nitoisfu or Nisrabu Safsalim Bebesamedrash. They had to go get a lot of new benches in the base Medr. Suddenly, so many new people were getting in. Now, what's interesting is that after this story, and this is a story perhaps some people know less, Rabbi Gamliel recognized that he had made a mistake. And he went to ask forgiveness from Rabbi Yeshua. And once he did that, the Chachamim said, okay, so then he can be the Nasi again. Oh, wow. After all, the Nasi, it's, it's his family, right? It was his father, it was his Ada. And if he's willing to uh, accept, uh, show that humility and ask forgiveness. But on the other hand, we already appointed Rebbe Lezab and Azariah. So they worked in unison. They had a presidium. And they had a presidium. And the Gemara says that one, the three Shabbosos of a month, Rebbe Gamliel would lead the Shir or whatever. And one Shabbos of the month, Rebbe Lezab and Azariah did. So they worked together as Nassim in that time. But that was this Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, who was a very important person in this time. So important that when there was a question of who's going to be the next Nasi, if Rabbi Gamliel is out, so it was Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah who for a period of time served on his own, and then served together, together with Rabbi Gamliel. So he's another important name of the teachers of Torah right after the Churban Beis HaMikdash. Okay? Uh, there's another one. Another person that's also in Pirkei Avos, and he's at the end of chapter 2. Um, if you look back at the end of chapter 2, Mishnah 15, Mishnah Tesvav, it's on page 216, four lines from the bottom of the page. And we have Rabbi Tarfon Omer. Wasn't he the one who wrote Nisan Atokav? No, no, no. That I think that's you mean Rabbi old, Amnon. That's and that's a different generation, different times altogether. Right, I, I, I see where you're getting the names sound yeah. the same, but that's Amnon. This is Rabbi Tarfon. Now, Rabbi Tarfon was also a disciple of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. So it's all, we're talking about the same generation. Um, in fact, Rabbi Tarfon was initially, Rabbi Akiva looked to him as his teacher. It would be really nice if we had like a long page of everything right. written down. Right, right, right. Uh, I, I hope to put something like that together. I think, I think there's some kind of a map. There's got to be. There's got to be. Um, so Rabbi Tarfon is part of that same group. He was a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan Mezakai, even though he's not considered one of the, of the big five of Rabbi Yochanan Mezakai. Nevertheless, he, he was a very special Talmud. He was a teacher of Rabbi Akiva. And he was a Rebbe and teacher in his own right. And the reason I'm making mention of him, specifically now, is because if you think back to that Haggadah, what, what's the story of the Haggadah? It says there was five people that were sitting in Bnei Brak and they were discussing, discussing Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim all night. Who were the five people? He was one of them? He was one. Who are the five people we have in the Haggadah? So it starts with Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Hoshua, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Tarfon. So all of those five people 
if we put them in the context of our conversation, they're all the people, they're all the people in this generation that we're talking about. Obviously, they're all sitting together by the Pesach Seder in the city of B'nai Brak. And so I want to, if you think about the five names, again, all those five names are names that we discussed tonight. The first two are the successors of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkar, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Hoshua. Those are the first two. The third one is Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. He was the Nasi at the time. So he was the leader. And then you have Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfon. Rabbi Akiva, who was, again, one of the greatest of, you know, Chacham in his time, and he was a Talmud of Rabbi Eliezer and Yeshua, and Rabbi Tarfon, who was his Chavar and Rabbi. And these five were sitting together in Bnei Brak. The Rav of Bnei Brak at that time was Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi Akiva is one of the people sitting by the table. He's the Rav of the city. But Rabbi Lezben Azari is the Nasi. Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua are, are, are Rabbi Yechem Mazaka's primary Talmudim. And you have Rabbi Tarfa. These are the five leaders of Kali Yisrael at the time sitting wow. together by the Pesach Seder. I wonder who's doing the cooking. I'm just kidding. Wonder Seid Kabraks. All questions that I don't know the answers to. <laughs> Here's a better question than mine. Um, l- let's talk, I want to talk about another very interesting um, Chacham who lived also in the same time and also a disciple of Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai. Again, this period of time that we're focusing in on tonight is a very pivotal time. It's right after the Churban Beis HaMikdash. It's the, it's the Tanoim that are the foundation of the, of the Book of Mishnah. Another very interesting tzaddik of this time, we can find him in our Pirkei Avos in Perik Gimel, Perik Shlisha Mishnah Tess. So that's going to be on page, on the top of page 219. The first line of page 219 on top. Perik Shlishi, third chapter, Mishnah Tess. Rabbi Chanina Ben Dosa. A lot of interesting names. Aren't they Aramaic, all these names? No, like Aleph. It's not Yiddish. It's too soon for Yiddish. You mean like, you mean like dosa? Oh, Aleph's at the end. Okay. Rabbi Chanina Ben Dosa. Is that a name that, that uh, you're familiar with? Mm-hmm. Rabbi Chan- maybe. Chanina Ben Dosa. I heard the name. Is he the one whose wife gave him a lot of tzaras, or is that a different one? She, he would say one thing, and she would do something else. And then his son would do the opposite, and he told his son, you know, it's not good to say a sheker, so just... I don't know that that's her. There was one Tana, Tana who had a wife who was, you know, did everything opposite. Very of difficult. So she should, he should tell her. Okay. Well, he didn't want to lie. Allow us. It's not coming to me. It's okay. not coming to me now. Yeah, wow. Rabbi Hanina Mendoza is an interesting Tana. On the one hand, we don't have many divrei Torah from him. We don't have many halachas. He's not mentioned in Mishnah or Gemara as a, as a great teacher of halacha or Torah to the Jewish people. On the other hand, it would seem he was a tremendous tzaddik, a very holy person. So much so, that throughout the Gemara, he's known as a tremendous miracle worker. Wherever you have uh, miracles, Rabbi Chinin Medesa is one of the primary um, tzaddikim that miracles are told about him. Um, perhaps, uh, so, is he the one with the oven? Which one with the oven? His wife is involved in it also. They're hiding so people won't see them when they're doing, they're giving tzedakah or something and they go into an oven. I yes. just remember being Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that, that's a story. I don't know if that's Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa. I don't remember. I don't remember if that is. Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa is the one who one time he saw his daughter crying on Friday night. 
And she says, why? She says, because accidentally, instead of pouring oil into her Shabbos candles, she put in vinegar. And now it's already Shabbos. So what could she do? You can't light a candle. It's Shabbos already. And she lit a candle that's obviously not going to light because the wick is sitting in vinegar instead of oil. And Chanin Mendoza tells her, he says, Misha Omar L'Shemen L'Hadlik, Yomer L'Choymetz L'Hadlik. Oh, wow. The same one who said that oil can burn can say that vinegar can burn. And it burned. And it burned. And, it and that was Reb Hanina ben Doisa. Um, it says he was very poor and he really didn't care for materialism whatsoever. And he hardly ate. And the Basco, the heavenly voice, comes forth and says that the entire world only receives their, their parnasa, their food, because of the schus of Reb Hanina, because of Hanina, my son. And for Hanina himself, it's enough one uh, measurement of carib from, from, from Shabbos to Shabbos. He hardly ate. But he was, in his schus, you had the world was standing. Now, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was his Rebbe. But when Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's children were sick, the Gemara says he would send the messenger to Rahanina ben Dosa to daven for them. Rahanina ben Dosa would daven, and the children would get better. Rabbi Yochum Mazakai says, if I would have davened a whole day, nothing would have happened. If when Rechanina Medosa davens, that's when the gates of heaven open. So it says that Rabbi Yochum Mazakai's wife comes to him and says, says, my husband, is your Talmud greater than you? Rabbi Yochum Mazakai's wife asks, asks her husband, here you're sending for brachas to your Talmud. So he says, no. He says, my Talmud is like, he's like a servant in Hashem's palace that he goes in and out. He's always there. So he goes, his filas are accepted immediately. So in the Gemara, he's known as a Balmeifas. He's known as a tremendous Balmeifas. Not so much as a teacher. Not again, as far as halacha is concerned, we don't hear much of Rechanin Abedaisa. Um, throughout the Mishnah, throughout the Gemara. But as far as his, his Kedusha, his Sitkis, his Meifsim, Dira of Rechanin Abedaisa rates as one of the uh, great Tanoim um, of that time. And again, he was a Talmud of, of um, Rabbi Yechon and Zakkai, and known as a tremendous Kodesh. And he's mentioned here in Pirkei as well. Um, another one of the Tannoim of that time, perhaps we'll do one or two more, we have here Mishnah, also this chapter, Peri Gimel, Mishnah, Mishnah Beis. Peri on page 217, three lines into Mishnah Beis. We have Rabbi Hanina ben Tradyom. Do you have that? No. Um, okay. Perik yeah, Shlishi, Mishnah Beis, yeah. three lines into the Mishnah. Uh, it's the last word on line number 11, if you have the numbered pages. Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion Omer. Hanina ben Tradion says. Who is Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion? He was. He was. Good. Good snap. <laughs> Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion was one of the As- was one of the Asara Harugi Malchus. One of the ten Sadikim who were killed by the Romans. And we discussed this in pre- previous classes that even though the way it's written in the Siddur, it sounds like it all happened in one day, but it really didn't. It happened over a period of hundred years or so. And one of the great Sadikim that the Romans killed was Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion. 
Um, they killed, in fact, he was teaching Torah, Barabim, that was one of their decrees, they shouldn't teach Torah in public, and he would teach Torah in public, and ultimately they, they caught him, and they wrapped him in the Sefer Torah. They made it wet. Jumped in with him with yes, 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 yes. That's Rabbi, Rabbi that's, they, ra- they made it wet? Yes, to, yes. To prolong it. To prolong the pain. And in fact, when he was, when he was burning, so I don't remember if it, was, if it was a Talmud or a daughter who asked him, he says, he says, um, aren't you in pain? Aren't you? So he said, if I, would, if I wouldn't be burning together with the Sefer Torah, I would be in pain. Now that I'm with the Sefer Torah, he says, I see the letters of the Torah going up to heaven and I will go up with it. One of the great Sadiqim, Rechunim and Chajim. And he had a daughter, a very famous daughter. His daughter was one of the famous women of the Gemara, and that is Bruria. Bruria. Oh, wow. Right. That's all I can think of. <laughs> Bruria, who is the wife... She married Rabbi Meir. Where did you go to school? <laughs> so Bruria is the wife of... Reb, uh, like a guy. Br- Bruria is the wife of Rabbi Meir. And a tremendous... Uh, Bruria was a tremendous Torah scholar. And Bruria would sometimes put the scholars in place because she knew more than them. And she was the wife of Rabbi Meir. Now, Rabbi Hanina ben Trabion, there's so many interesting things about him, but we'll say like this. When he was arrested, he was in jail. And you have another tzaddik at the time, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma. And uh, they're, they're talking, and Rechidim Matrabin says, you know, I'm probably going to die here in jail. And he says, tell me, am I going to merit Olam Haba? That's Rabbi Hanidim Matrabin, who's in jail for what? For teaching Torah, and who's going to be killed by the Romans, asks one of his colleagues, or one of his rebbe's, Am I going to get Olam Haba? So Rabbi Yossi ben Kisman says, well, tell me something special that you did. You, know, you want to know if you're going to Olam Haba? So Rabbi Yossi says, he says, um, well, you know, I would collect tzedakah to distribute it to the poor. And one time it was before Purim and my personal money got mixed in with my tzedakah monies and I didn't know what's what, so I gave it all the way to tzedakah. So Rabbi Yossi says, if so, yes, you're definitely going to Olam Haba. Halavai, I should go with you. Now, that's what the Gemara says. It's a very odd Gemara, very bizarre. What kind of question is he going to Olam Abba? He's dying, Al-Kiddush Hashem. He's dying because of his Torah study and Torah teachings. So why is he asking if he's going to Olam Abba? And what's even more strange is the response. Well, did you do anything special? Like, why should you go to Olam Abba? Oh yeah, get tzedakah. What's going on? What's the question? What's the answer? So the Alter in, in Torah has a whole piece on this, and I'll just say over the point, he says the following. He says, Sometimes people have a certain um, pleasure in a certain type of avoda, and because and that's their that consumes their life. It's more important to them than life, and sometimes it's not, it doesn't have to be l'shem shemayim, because they just enjoy that. The Rebbe says there were certain Greek philosophers or others that also loved studying and they studied all their life and they cared about that more than food or anything else in this world. So Rabbi Hanim Matragin was saying, true, I teach Torah and I study Torah, my life is about Torah, but is it really L'Shem Shemayim? Am I really doing it as a spiritual person, something that will bring me closer to Hashem? And that's a good question. So Rabbi Yosef said, he says, it's a good question. Did you do anything special aside from study? Are you only, are you only from, are you only special in one area, the area of your expertise, or do you do whatever Hashem wants? And he says, no, 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 when it comes to tzedakah, I also went beyond the call of measure. 
Now, tzedakah and Torah study is two totally different types of Avedas. So when he was able to tell him that my devotion to Hashem is not only in the area of study, it's study, it's tzedakah, it's whatever is necessary, that's when he says that you're definitely going to Elam Abba. Now, so Reb Chanib and Chadian is going to be killed by the Romans, but that's not the end of the story. The Romans, who were terrible people, very cruel and vicious people, they executed Reb Chanina, then Chadian. They executed his wife, and the daughter, they had a daughter, they put her into a brothel in Rome. Oh my gosh. That was Boreas' sister. Exactly. And that's the exactly. Balanes, that he rescued her. So that's exactly the story. I just learned a lot of stories with so this is the story. So they killed Rabbi Chanim and Trabi, and they killed his wife. They put their daughter into a brothel. So this daughter, who's now in a brothel, has a sister, Bruria, who's the wife of Rabbi Meir. Oh, and she God. says, Mayor, we have to save my Get sister. Get her out of there. So Rabbi and this is exactly as you said correctly, this is where Rabbi Meir got the name Rabbi Meir Balhanes. Because basically Rabbi Meir travels to this brothel. And he says, what can I do to save her? And basically he goes to the, um, the guard... And he says, you know what, I'll pay you off. I'll pay you off. What do you need this for? I'll pay you off and let, the, let her out. He says, what do you mean? You'll pay me off. You let her out. The Romans will find out. They'll kill me in a minute. So the mayor says, don't worry. If you let her out and they try to do anything to you, I'll tell you something that you can say. And if you say this, no one's going to be able to do anything to you. And that is to say, de mayor aneni, The God of mayor, answer me. That's sort of a mayor is telling the Roman guard. Just say those three words. Elaka, the mayor, Aneni, the God of mayor, save me, and no one will be able to hurt you. So the guard says, Yeah, how do I know that works? It's a good idea. Purple halls or something? No. No. So the says, Here, here, there's the guard dogs, right? Let the guard dogs at me. So open up the gate. These guard dogs are trained to kill. So Ramir says, let them, let them, let them go for me. And he, he does that. He opens the gates. The guard dogs run to attack the mayor. The mayor says, the mayor aneni. They uh, sit down quietly. says, this works. So the guard says, okay. And that's what happens. So the, the, the mayor gives the guard the money and the guard lets out the, uh, the sister and the mayor leaves with her. And in truth, the Romans hear what happened and they take the guard and they arrest him. They want to kill him. He says, the mayor aneni and they're not able to touch him. And therefore, they set out a warrant for a mayor throughout Rome. And that's, they're always running after, a mayor is always running away from the guard from the Romans. But this is, at that point is when Rameir got this name, Rameir Balhanes, that, his, that he was able to perform these miracles not only to save himself, but even to save his, his sister-in-law ultimately, and even to save the Roman guard that you be able to give. And that's why till today you'll have people who will say, Alakad the mayor Aneni. They can't find something? When they, someone, they can't stand something or because of any other type of atzara. Many people will give tzedakah, l'schus Rameir Balhanes, and say, Alakad the mayor Aneni. Right? It's all because of that story. And this is all Rabbi Meir, who is the son-in-law of Rabbi Hanina ben Shadja, who we've been discussing. You have time for one more? Sure. Okay. I, yeah. Do you? Yeah, I got to leave in a few minutes. Though. Okay, let's hop around one more. One of the more interesting or colorful ones will go to Perik Dalit, Mishnah Chaf. Okay, so that's going to be on page 223. Page 223, Perig Mishnah Chaf. Um, you have it? Elisha Ben Avuya. Is he Achar? He is. Elisha Ben Avuya. So who is Elisha Ben Avuya? It, it's all in the same few years that we're talking. We were just talking about Rabbi Hanina Ben Tradion, 
and his son-in-law, Rabbi Meir. Elisha ben Avuya was Rabbi Meir's teacher. Now, Rabbi Meir is one of the greatest Tanoim. Rabbi Meir, in fact, I should tell you, in Mishnah, so there's thousands of Mishnahs, right? And Mishnah says, Rabbi Yeshua said, Rabbi Yezer said, Rabbi Shimon said, but then there is what's called a Stam Mishnah. Stam Mishnah just says a statement, no name. There's thousands of Mishnahs that just says a statement, no name. When a Mishnah doesn't have a name, who said it? Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir is the basic Stam Mishnah. Why? Because the one who's writing the Mishnah is Rabbi Huda Anasi. When was he alive, Rabbi Huda Anasi? Before or after this? Or during this? After. He's a little younger. He's the next, next generation, next step. Oh, so after this entire story. Before. Yeah. Okay. Rabbi Huda Anasi saw Rabbi Meir as his Rabbi. So therefore, you know, when a, when a Chassid says something, he doesn't say where he got it from. Where did he get it from? His Rebbe. His Rebbe. If he's my Rebbe, then I don't have to say his name every 10 minutes. That's, that's where I, I give over his teachings. So throughout Mishnah, whenever there's a you know, statement, an open-ended statement, that's Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Meir is called the Tanakama, the first Tana throughout Mishnah. So Rebbe Meir is one of the greatest Chachamim that we have. Who is his teacher? This Tana, Elisha ben Avuya. Now, so Elisha ben Avuya, on the one hand, is one of the wisest and one of the greatest of the Torah teachers. So much so that his disciple is the Torah teacher of the next generation. Wow. But Elisha ben Avuya goes bad. He's one of the few stories in our history where we have a tzaddik, a leader, a Torah teacher, not just a Torah teacher in a yeshiva. We're talking about a Torah teacher of Klal Yisrael, of a generation, who goes bad, totally. And he becomes a heretic. And he works with the Romans and he becomes an oppressor to the Jewish people. And the question is, why? Is that because he went into the Kabbalah? Is that the so there's different, there's different reasons given in Gemara for it. Um, Arba. Arba. One of the reasons is that it has to do with the four that, that entered into the divine gardens. Arba, Pardis, the Gemara talks about the four great tzaddikim that entered into the orchards of Hashem. Um, that's understood to mean different levels of mysticism. And only one of them was able to handle it and walk out healthy and complete in this Rabbi Akiva. But the other three were affected negatively. You had Elisha ben Avuya, you had ben Aza, you had ben Zoma. Um, one of them died, one of them was affected emotionally, and one of them became a heretic. So Elisha ben Avuya becomes a heretic. And that's according to one, inter- another Gemara seems to give, oh, it's not clear to me, I don't know if it says. So he became the teacher of Rabbi Meir before that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He was the teacher of Rabbi Meir before that. Why would they even include anything that he had? Ah, so we'll see. And another, according to another Gemara, something much simpler than that, which is that something happened that he saw something that made him, this made him snap. And that is he saw there's two mitzvahs in the Torah where the Torah says specifically that if a person does this mitzvah, he'll have arichas yamim. Shiluach haken. And... So the Gemara says that he saw a father tell a son, do me a favor, go up to that oh, tree yeah. and get me the birds, the, the eggs. And the son climbed on top of the tree and he saw a bird on top of the eggs. He sent the bird away and took the eggs. On the way down, he fell and was killed. And he says, one second, these are the two only mitzvahs that the Torah says will give you a richas yamim. And this person was in the process of fulfilling both of those mitzvahs. It defied his whole what he could understand, and he lost it. 
So whether it was this reason or that reason, the fact is that he became a heretic, which is why the Chachamim stopped calling him with his name and rather called him Achir. What does Achir mean? This is a different person. This is not the same one that taught us Torah for the last 20, 30 years. Maybe. But the fact is he became totally ostracized aside from by one person. There was one person who never ostracized him. And that was Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir always looked at him as his Rebbe, knowing that today he's not from. He supposedly was able to learn with him, right? He did. He Rabbi, Ma- Rabbi Meir said he, he that even... Exactly. Rabbi Meir said that even though he's off and he's this, he says, I'm able to see the good. I'm able to eat the fruit and throw out the shell. I'm able to see beyond the negative and be able to see the greatness that Rabbi Meir believed they're still there within him. And the Gemara says that one time Rabbi Meir was sitting in the yeshiva on Shabbos and he was teaching Torah to Talmidim. And Acher rides up on his horse oh, on Shabbos. And the Talmidim and Rabbi Meir sees from the window, sees that Acher is coming. Rabbi Meir leaves the shir, walks out, and he starts talking Divrei Torah with Acher. And they're they're strolling, well, one on, on the horse, one walking, and they're talking to her. Until comes a point, and Acher says, Meir Chazer Bacha. Because he was coming to the end where he's going to be... Tchum Shabbos. Yeah. Acher says, even though, who knows when Tchum Shabbos is, Acher was brilliant enough, just traveling, he knew exactly where the Tchum Shabbos was. He says, Meir, you got to go back. I don't have to go back because I'm not from. Right? But you got to go back. So Rabbi Meir turns to his Rebbe. And he says, Rebbe, Chazer you come back. He didn't just mean come back from Tchum Shabbos. Come back figuratively. Yeah. And Acher says, he says, I heard heavenly voices from behind the heavenly it's curtains great. that everyone could do tshuva aside from Acher. And I was, I can't just come back. And as we're not talking about a regular person, we're talking about a person who even when he already left everything is talking about spiritual type of visions or, or messages that he's, he's able to pick up to. And he says that I'm, I'm too far off. And, but Rameer never gives up on his Rebbe. In fact, when, when, Acher, when this Acher, Alisha Manavu, is on his deathbed, Rameer visits him and he starts talking to him about doing tshuva and Acher starts crying and he dies. And Rabbi Meir said, he felt that his Rebbe did true. And the story goes on, even after he passed away, Rabbi Meir would do things for him and in order for his tikkun and so on and so forth. So he was a very interesting figure. On the one hand, he was this tremendous Torah teacher, leader tzaddik. What would he do for his tikkun? Like, like uh, for Ilana? Hey, Davin for, for mitzvahs, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But, but Rabbi Meir never, never forgot him. And what we see here, interestingly, and that's your question, that, he, that in the Mishnah, which is written obviously after the whole story, He's still mentioned. And not only he's mentioned, he's mentioned by his name and Torah is said in his name. Which means that somehow the greatness that he imparted and that he was, wasn't lost. Um, Obviously, he went bad and that was something that he'll have to, he dealt with and so on and so forth. But now it's just like Rameir was able to see the goodness within him that lasted even beyond and even later, Rameir was continuing to learn Torah with him from the fact that the mission includes his words is in a sense a, um, a, 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 an exoneration, if you will, of Rameir's opinion. What? A testament. A, 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 a testament to the fact that there's an emiss to that, that the Torah that he taught and the, the, the teachings that he taught um, 
were still something to learn. And in fact, it really, the fact that they called him Akhir means they said, the way you see him today is a different person. That's not who he really was. And that's them, says, that's how we look at a Yid, that even when a Yid does something wrong, and, and any Yid does, that's Akhir, that's someone else. There's still the good with him. There's the good with him. There's the holiness with him, in him. And therefore, there's what to learn from him. And that's why, uh, that's why Elisha ben Avuyi is mentioned in the Mishnah, and his teachings are mentioned here as well. So he's, again, also from this fascinating period of time, and this is all, all the names that we talked about tonight are all within this period of time of Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yezer, all leading up to the time of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, who's going to write it all down. And I think we're going to devote our next class to Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi and moving on from that time. Amir Thank Sahasham. you very much.